Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way. Life is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani, and I'd like to welcome you to another self-coaching session where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's anxiety, depression, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. So each week I answer real-life questions submitted to me from my website selfcoaching.net. And today's question comes from Danny. So Danny writes, I'm a fearful person. Always have been. This COVID situation has me just kind of depleted. I feel like I'm just running out of gas. I need some help in just handling what's going on in my life. Well, Danny, obviously you're not alone with this this struggle. And the fact that this is going on now for months and months and months, it's what I call COVID fatigue. You know, we're becoming fatigued. You know, at first when the virus first came about in in March, April, there was a lot of energy. You know, we, we kind of felt uh, that, you know, this, this was something that we needed to understand, but, but we had kind of an emotional resilience. And as the weeks passed, and we still did our thing, we washed our hands, we wore masks, we uh, stayed socially distant, we did all these things, and we kept doing these things. And we kept doing these things. And that's the point. The point is that over time, we tend to run out of gas. And that sounds like Danny. This is the COVID fatigue. And it's very important to understand that there is a circumstantial aspect to this. It's not just a neurotic fatigue. It's, it's really driven by real circumstances. Just as if you were going for an operation and you had a lot of trepidation, and you were just wearing yourself out with concern and worry, well, there's a what we might call a circumstantial stressor, whether it be COVID or whether it be going for an operation or whether it be applying for a job. When it's a matter of a circumstantial stressor, then it puts us in a position of realizing that this isn't something that's going to go away. It's not that we shouldn't be fearful. The key isn't eliminating the fear. You see, the key is embracing that fear and realizing that what we need to do is manage that fear. So how do you manage the fear? Well, first and most importantly, we have to first separate any insecurity-driven thoughts that are connected to that real-life fear. And one way to do this, of course, is to recognize that circumstantial fears are based on circumstantial facts, whereas neurotic or insecurity-driven fears are driven not on facts, mostly on projections of insecurity, things that may never happen, things that may never occur. So if, if Danny were in a position where he were saying, I'm going to get COVID, I'm going to die. Well, that's certainly a fear, and it's based on what's going on around us. But, you know, the truth is that that's a projection of insecurity because 
Danny might not die. Danny may do very well. And Danny may look back one day and, and realize just how difficult these times were, but that he survived. What you need to do in managing fear is to become acquainted with whether the fear itself is realistic, circumstantially driven, or is it a projection of insecurity? If it's circumstantial, more than likely it has to do with here and now facts. And as John Adams said, facts are stubborn things. Whereas insecurity projections are ephemeral. They tend to, like clouds in the sky, they tend to vacillate and merge into other fears. They tend to become, you know, kind of the, the essence of what spooks us. But these are all projections into the future. And it's that uncertain future that if we allow insecurity to take the wheel, and if we allow ourselves to be in the back seat, being driven around by the thoughts of insecurity, then, of course, we're going to burn out. We're going to burn out not just in terms of dealing with a circumstance, but in life in general. I mean, you can't go on allowing insecurity to start to create monsters, boogeymen. It's important for you to take your life back from the thoughts that are projections of insecurity and not tethered to actual facts. The more you do this, the more you'll manage your fear. And, and really, a sidebar to this is as you manage your fears, you learn to live more in the present. You see, the present is where you're surrounded by the facts of your life, whatever those facts may be. And those facts may evoke some fear. If you live by the ocean and there's a Cat 5 storm coming in and the storm surge is supposed to be 15 feet and your house is uh, on stilts that's 16 feet high, well, you're going to have some fear. It would be unusual, if not abnormal, for you not to be fearful. But in this case, we realize that fear itself serves a very important survival function. It prepares us in the abstract for things that are likely to hurt us. Now, our cave-dwelling ancestors, if they were kind of oblivious to fear, what would have happened? Well, let's take uh, a Fred Flintstone, for example, who is not really a fearful. He, he doesn't have the fear gene, let's say. So he's walking through the jungle, blithely just walking along, whistling a tune, not caring, not looking left or right to survey any danger, not carrying a spear. And all of a sudden, a saber-toothed tiger comes upon Fred, and Fred becomes lunch. So it would be the fear that helped Fred or others like Fred that before they even left their cave, they would have had some trepidation about the dangers in the jungle. And how to manage that fear would be to protect yourself with a spear, with some vigilance. So fear is the motor that is really geared to protect us from an ever-changing life. So it doesn't matter if you're weak or strong. Fear, fear is part of us. Fear is part of our DNA. Now, if you have become more uh, inclined to live your life listening to insecurity, then you probably are more fearful than someone 
who is more grounded in the present and with the facts of one's life. But if, if this is you, if your life is more of a worrisome, hand-wringing, gut-wrenching life, and, and you're more or less a pessimist anticipating all of those fearful outcomes that might happen, well, well, in that case, then it's really important for you to get from that back seat up behind the wheel. When we become overly fearful, we've now been passively allowing insecurity to have its way with us. Now, I use that word passively interfering with our lives. See, passive is not a good thing when it comes to insecurity taking over. So insecurity has the wheel. We're in the back seat. The only reason we're in the back seat is because we are passive to our own insecurity. We need to become active. Now, insecurity can occur, or I should say the projections of insecurity, the thoughts of insecurity, can operate just below the threshold of consciousness. It's almost reflexive. You know, we're not always even aware that we're worrying or we're thinking about all this dark stuff. But it's there, and it could be accessed if you will shine the light of consciousness on these things that are tightening your stomach, getting your neck to feel a little strained. You know, this is the active mind. So I like to think of active mind, passive mind. Passive mind leaves you susceptible to the reflexes of insecurity, to the reflexes of unconscious habit. Now, just because something is unconscious or less than conscious, that doesn't mean it can't become conscious. It just means that it has slipped below the threshold of consciousness. As you begin to focus the beam of consciousness as to your behavior, what's going on in the moment, uh, to your feelings in the moment, you start, you start to scrutinize who's steering at that moment. Is it me? Or is that my insecurity? Who's driving this vehicle right now? If you're struggling and it's not consistent with the here and now actual circumstances of your life, then of course you have to suspect this is driven by insecurity. So struggle and insecurity go hand in hand. And that's why when you struggle, it is important to always distinguish between either you manage realistic and healthy struggle from unrealistic and neurotic struggle. See, the realistic struggle, you manage that. You, you recognize that you're going to be stressed and you have to handle it and you have to step up to the plate with active mind. You don't turn away from adversity. You handle it. You manage it. The insecure person would much rather avoid and flee the challenges of life. And why would an insecure person want to flee? Well, because they, they've lost self-trust. You see, without self-trust, you don't believe in your own resourcefulness. You're reliant on controlling strategies, manipulating life, fleeing it, avoiding it, doing anything, but trusting yourself. That's why it's so important to learn to risk self-trust, to learn to build that muscle. Think of it as a muscle. 
You're not going to trust yourself unless you exercise that muscle. And you exercise it by risking to believe that you'll handle what comes your way. Now, from a self-coaching perspective, you're not allowed to start fleeing life any longer. Now it's time to realize that you have a lot of resources. You have two million years of evolutionary survival instincts. We might even say you're a survival machine. How many problems have you gotten through in your life? A dozen? thousand? Ten thousand? What makes you think you won't handle the next problem? You see, you do get through. You wouldn't be listening to this if it were otherwise. You've managed to come through your life one way or another. Maybe you're not so happy with some of the ways you got through, but nevertheless, you're a survival machine. Embrace that. And embrace it that you don't have to figure everything out before it happens. That in any given moment, those two million years of survival instincts are there. And you know what? It doesn't come from your thinking brain. Those survival instincts come from a lower center in your brain. They come from what we might call the lizard brain, that deeper center, the survival center. The center that just is there, without thinking, to get you through a tight spot. All of a sudden, someone yells, fire. You don't have to think. Should I wait and see the flames? Should I wait until... No. Someone yells, fire. You feel the heat. You run. Then you process it afterwards. So, you see, we have the survival instinct. We are survival machines. And oftentimes with life, we don't give ourselves enough credit to really recognize that sometimes you just have to not anticipate, but just realize the capability you have to handle life as it approaches you. Now, that takes courage. It takes, well, I should say it feels like a risk to risk believing in yourself, to risk trusting that you, you really will handle what comes your way. Now, is it a risk? I don't think so. I think that push comes to shove. If you release all that congested, insecurity-driven thinking from your brain, and you start to trust, and you start to realize that sometimes I just need to let go and let life unfold. So do that, and what you'll find is something quite amazing you'll find that, wow, hey, look at what I just did. Can't believe it. We see this all the time, you know, in catastrophic situations where people just handle, I, I, rec I don't know if it's true, but I think it is. I remember hearing uh, way back, way back in the, in the era of uh, Volkswagen Beetles, back in the 60s, of a mother whose child was trapped under a Volkswagen. She didn't think. She, she went over and actually lifted or nudged that beetle off the ground. That child was pulled out by a stranger. You see, sometimes we just react. And when it comes to protecting ourselves or our loved ones, you don't have to figure it out. But that, 
you know, not just in catastrophic situations, but in all life situations. We have this capacity. Now, that capacity can be blunted if insecurity can override it, especially in non-catastrophic situations. Uh, let's, let's say you have to go to the dentist and you're driving yourself crazy, you're not sleeping at night, you've got all these fears. Okay, so insecurity now is taking a stimulus, going to the dentist, and it's imbuing that with all these horrific aspects of the pain you're about to endure. It could happen, certainly. It may happen, okay. But oftentimes, and I'm sure you'll attest to this, it's exactly the opposite of what you expected. That often happens in life. But even if you go with self-trust, without anticipatory anxiety, and let's say the pain is there, and it is a struggle, okay, but you'll handle it in that moment. So why, why handle it weeks and weeks ahead of that moment? Why not handle it when it happens? The struggles of life become significant, lifelong struggles when we relive them, anticipate them, and allow ourselves to not deal with life head-on, but obliquely from our, from our vantage point of insecurity. That's insecurity behind the steering wheel and you in the back seat. Passive mind, active mind. And what's really critically important is to cultivate the active mind. And we do this by first separating facts from emotional fictions. That's as simple as it needs to be. Start dealing with the facts of your life. And when the facts are threatening, like this COVID virus, okay, how do we manage it? Well, with COVID, for example, we manage it by not catastrophizing, by staying present, by dealing with the life that's in front of us, not the life that may be, not the life that pessimism and insecurity might predict, but the life in front of us, handling the challenges of the moment. And the best way to do that is to live your life in the moment, to, to really take care of what's on your plate today. Tomorrow will take care of itself. So back up a little bit. What are your challenges of today? Maybe you need a little more stimulation. Maybe you need some exercise. Maybe you need to just have some, some mindful kind of meditation. But whatever it is, take those challenges seriously. Live your day in the present, not in some uncertain future, dictated by insecurity. So let's go back to Danny. So Danny's living in fear. He's running out of gas. He's not sure he can go on. This will happen when you allow insecurity to passively take that wheel. Because what it's doing is it's keeping you revved up with adrenaline, cortisol, stress chemicals on a regular basis. So when Danny feels like he's running out of gas and can't handle things, that's not just a figurative statement. He's talking literally. His, his brain chemicals are being depleted. 
he is running out of gas. And that's what we don't want to happen in our lives. We don't want to run out of gas by by just allowing our vital balancing chemicals to just kind of drip, drip, drip away needlessly because of passivity. You know, I always come back to my, my image of a bucket with holes in the bottom. And that bucket holds your balancing chemicals, norepinephrine, serotonin, dopamine. And we poke holes in it with insecurity, insecurity-driven thinking, catastrophic thinking. So with holes in the bottom of any bucket, what happens? Drip, drip, drip. And we become imbalanced. And when we're in an imbalanced state, not only do we head toward anxiety and depression, but in an imbalanced state, we are in a hobbled state. We don't handle life as effectively or as courageously as possible. So that's why insecurity, all the what-ifs, you know about the what-ifs. What if this happens? What if that happens? All that worrisome, hand-wringing stuff we do when we become victimized by insecurity. So once we start to slow down the drain, plug up those holes in that bucket, then we start to find a new balance. And only then are you truly managing the circumstances of your life, the fears in your life, and it puts you it puts you in the best possible position to really endure and get through and come out the other side unscathed. So going forward, manage your fears. And do this by subtracting the thoughts of insecurity. How? One thought at a time. It's just an ongoing practice you need to get involved in. Facts from emotional fictions. What are the facts? Facts are verifiable. They're here and now realities. Emotional fictions are not verifiable realities. Deal with your facts. Manage your fears. And go forward. Now, do this. And you're going to feel more courageous. You'll own the fact that some fears are part of life. But it doesn't diminish you. It doesn't make you a coward. It doesn't make you weak. It makes you effective. It really tunes into your survival instincts. Going forward, turn that light of consciousness on. Get rid of the passivity of your thinking. And become the person you need to. Because each and every challenge in your life will come and it will go. The only variable is how will you handle the challenges of your life. Be sure to visit my website, selfcoaching.net, where you can learn more about my self-coaching philosophy and check out my number one best-selling books, now published in 10 languages. So until next time, realize that being victimized by emotional struggle is not an option. By definition, victims are powerless. And you are not powerless. Remember, everything is hard until you make it simple. So join me each week and let's make it simple together.
Don't surrender, there is more than it seems Hold on and fight, follow your heart